Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moon and Katherine Taylor. Hi, Catherine. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> We're bad at intros. I'm, you know, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. Um, I just had a great conversation with Celine. So you uh, did? Yeah. Um, we, we recorded a little uh, session for the Her Summit. Um, and then, you know, we talked about, you know, the performance summit that's coming up after that. So there's a lot of options for women right now. If uh, so many options. Yeah which is great because we've had none for so long. So um, it's good. That's funny. So the funny thing is I run the feisty menopause uh, Instagram. I work with Celine on that project. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yesterday uh, she was listening to the podcast and we had mentioned her. And so she texted us something and I was like, Oh, that's really feisty. I'm oh yeah. Instagram, which she was out on a bike ride. She didn't know. <laughs> had like 250 likes in like a couple hours because uh, was- that was a really good one about the thin skin thick skin yeah <laughs> I think that people just like it when you put an f-bomb in your uh, Instagram posts especially for us feisty women yes so <laughs> anyway totally different account but it was it was kind of fun it was good it was good so how have you been you you went and did a race this past weekend I did it was so fun to be with people again. Although I was really nervous going to the race, I was like, uh, I haven't been with people, like a group of people I don't know for so long. And, um, but it was really fun. We, Good. they did a great job with Southeastern cycling. They did a great job with all the safety protocols. Uh, and I met Laura King, which was a blast in real life. I know. At one point I was just like, I just want to touch you because are you real? Are you real? I've only seen you across a zoom screen for the past year. Yeah. And I saw somebody wearing a girl's gone gravel shirt, which That's was exciting. also surreal, but yeah, it was a great course. Um, Laura got second place and was super fast. She lapped me. <laughs> so 
Well, I'm not gonna have the, the, the winner, Casey Armstrong. We're going to have her come on. Yeah. We're going to have her come on the yeah. podcast. She was really fun and really great. And I met a community of people from, from Knoxville, Tennessee, where I went to grad school there. So there were, uh, it was fun to talk to them. And then one of the women is doing steamboat oh, good. and she was going by herself and we got to talking and she was like, oh, I'm so excited. Now I've got friends. Yeah. It was just That's fun with work. to see the community showing up. Uh, the funny thing is, so I also saw Ted King also lapped me. He was racing. I don't know if you've ever heard of this happening. He, his saddle fell off his bike. <laughs> like didn't come loose, fell off. Ted King needs to get a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be an uncomfortable ride. Well, it fell off in the last two miles. So I think it knocked him out of the podium for sure, because he had to do the last two miles standing. I can't even do 200 meters standing. I don't know how I did two miles. So anyhow, he he couldn't like, think about that. He couldn't even kind of sit down. Yeah. 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 (laughs) He would have a stick up his ass. There was just, there wasn't anything. It wasn't even like the bolts to the saddle. It was all, it was completely the post. Just the post was there. And the last couple of miles, like you turned and you went through this field that was pretty bumpy, which I would not want to do standing. (laughs) And then you went, we went through a shooting range, which was a little bizarre. Um, they were shooting like pigeon, the clay pigeons and stuff, but it was a little like disconcerting (laughs) hearing gunshots all around you. And then you go straight up a hill, the last 200 meters, 150, 200 meters. So that was probably a rough ride in for him. It was a rough yeah. ride in for me and I was sitting on my bike. So, anyhow, what have you been up to? Um, well, it's been rainy and icky, but, you know, daylight savings time. Yay. Ugh, daylight savings time is <laughs> killing me, man. <laughs> I know. Why is that? So It's so weird because I don't think, like, we cross time zones when we're traveling, but for whatever reason this is kicking my butt right now. So I'm, I'm probably gonna have to make another pot of coffee. So I'm thinking the same. We, it coincides every year with pollen season. So you get the allergies and the, the weird sleep. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until it rained yesterday and this, the, the water, the puddles are yellow from the pollen. Oh yeah. Oh, this is why I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Well, um, this, the show, we, the guest we have today, Crystal Salvant, joins us from um, Denver, and um, she will wake you up. <laughs> she will wake you up. And she's probably not having pollen season because they're just having that blizzard. Right yeah. Now. Yep. Yeah. But she is so high energy and so fun. I think I saw her uh, article in Bicycling Magazine and reached out to her because we had similar stories with team and training, although she's only been cycling three years. Yeah. And that does it all. So, yep, she does. And she's um, obviously super enthusiastic. She's, you know, I, I would t- sit here and try to tell you everything she's doing, but there's no possible way I could because she's just, she's doing a lot. And um, definitely this is a podcast to listen to, get energized, get excited. And, and hopefully it helps you find a place to get involved because I think she's, she's a motivator that way too. So, yeah. So we should stop talking and just let you hear from Crystal. 
Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you are currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149 and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness. Like, eat this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. Uh, yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor, and they're going to cut through all the noise, and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized, science-backed, trackable action plans for how we should eat, age, we need that, and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper, and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, And I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, And the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Happy uh, Friday. I know, <laughs> I know we're, we're recording on Friday, so I'm super excited because it's Friday. So happy Friday, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks. And you have your uh, bar behind you. I see like tequila Ooh. and whiskey. There's some gin. Then it's all things good back there. It's, it's hey, Friday, Friday, ladies. It's Friday. Yeah. Um, and we're excited because we have Crystal Salvant joining us today. Hi, Crystal. Hello. Hello. Happy Friday, ladies. Thank you. Crystal's got, got some amazing behind plants you, behind her. No, she's got some amazing plants. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's a uh, part of the new collection. I found that Monstera at Trader Joe's just FYI for like 20 bucks. I almost like passed out when I saw it. <laughs> 
I, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I would have killed it by now anyway. So yes, <laughs> or my cat would have eaten it. <laughs> right. Uh, I have to fight my dog all the time and get her away from all the plants. Cause she's uh, sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Why, why plants? Why do you want to eat plants? <laughs> so Crystal, you were featured not long ago. Was it, it was in bicycling, correct? Mm-hmm. Bicycling yeah. And I read the article and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a team and training buddy. And like so many of your stories, I was like, I, I so relate to that because I started as an adult, really riding at, in the triathlon side, but through team and training. And that was how you got your start in cycling. So why don't yeah. you tell us the story? Yes. So I was uh, living up in New York and I was a spin instructor for some time. And my best friend, Abby was like, Hey, why don't you like try doing this like spinning thing outside? She had just done, um, she just had done a team and training ride as well. She actually did America's most beautiful ride. I forget if it was the year before, two years before that. And she's like, I think you would really love it. Like the organization is super supportive. The people that you ride with are super supportive. Like I, like you should totally do it. And I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, ah, I mean, okay, yeah, let's do it. So she's like, yeah, you're going to be riding 100 miles. You got to like figure out the fundraising and do all of that. And um, I signed up, I put my credit card down and there was no turning back. Because at that point I was like committed to the money that I had to like raise. I had to figure out how to do all this riding outdoors. Because at that point I didn't even have a bike. I hadn't ridden bikes um, outdoors. If it wasn't if it wasn't stationary, uh, stationary bike, I hadn't ridden a bike prior to that. So I signed up, I went to for my first session with the team and it was still indoors at that point. So we did three weeks indoors. And in that time I was figuring out how to buy a bike. And I mean, I was going to go clipless because at this point, I, I, I mean, I rode a stationary bike. So how could I not do this outside and it'd be just the same? It's going to be easy, right? And then I get outside and it's a totally different animal. It's kind of hilarious. I mean, the the team just literally rat, um, rallied around me. They like people behind me, next to me, telling me when to shift. And because they're like, maybe you should start with pedals that you're not clipped in on the bike. And I was like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the intro to me riding bikes. And uh, March, th- this month is three years. That's ridiculous. <laughs> My story I, love I love it that you call, let's try the spinning thing outside. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was very, so I was, I had my spin certification and I had ridden bikes some, but never clipped in ever, like, except for in spin. And the first time we met that I got my new bike, that wasn't my mom's borrowed bike. I, um, fell over in the parking lot twice <laughs> and this group of guys were trying to tell me how to ride. Thankfully, like one of the mentors with team and training, like stayed behind yeah. with me. And then I got to the first stop sign and fell over. And then I never fell over again. <laughs> Yeah, you do it a couple of times and you just never do it. And it's exactly that my mentor was just like, I had a mom and a dad in the group and they were, I just kind of like, we just had this really organic, like relationship connection. I was like, your mom, your dad, and I'm going to be your child. And you're going to like help me figure this out. And they were great. And it was exactly that. There was a moment for like the first couple of rides where anytime I would see a light, um, I would haul ass because it was like interval training, outdoor riding became like intervals. Cause I was like, there's a light it's green, but it might turn yellow and I might get to it when it's red. And I'm not so, like, I still couldn't figure out how to like get clip out of the bike and keep my hands on the brake. It was just a mess. And then I would like stop, but then fall over because I wouldn't clip out fast enough. It was, it was incredibly entertaining. <laughs> I got a few bumps and bruises, but it was incredibly entertaining. And then, like you said, you just 
it, you just get it and you never fall again. Well, actually I lie. I still fall all the time, but <laughs> I do. T- I usually, whenever I'm leading a group ride and I'm getting, I fall over Right. <laughs> every time I'm like talking and not paying attention. And then all of a sudden I'm on the ground and I'm like, yeah, well, at least the group ride leader was the one that thought. Right. Totally. You're just making people feel welcome. <laughs> exactly. I agree. I think that's, I think there's, there's something to that when like the leader of the group kind of like gets all fumbly and like started figuring out they're like, all right, so I'm not in this alone. Like we all have a little bit of like the nervous pee going. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's me all the time. <laughs> so this was three years ago, but in New York and now you're not in New York now. I am not in New York. So I did, so I started training in March, um, teaming the ride was in June and I ended up and I moved it to Colorado in December. I mean, I, I was pretty in love at that point. I had actually come out to Colorado after the race. I was doing it. Um, I came out here for like two days and I was like, yeah, I'm like done with city. I'm ready to just, um, have this, experience in my backyard all the time. I really thought I was going to move to California, but you know, the universe, um, kind of called me out to Colorado and it's been, I mean, I, I sit here and I'm having this conversation with you and I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is why, um, I've just had such, I can't, it's, I have had such, such incredible support and excitement. And, um, I've learned so much about myself in this, in this time in Colorado that I think just the, um, the experience of coming up, getting out of the city has opened up my eyes to like a whole new world. And then how did you go from road biking to dirt? What was the, what was the path there? So when I moved out here, I was, I mean, you kind of living in Colorado, you kind of just get on dirt and that's what everybody, I was um, working at Rafa for a little bit. Um, and they had some, bikes at the store where you get bike hires and they were like everybody was riding gravel and that was just part of like what it was in boulder there was a there was a lot of gravel so i started riding um with a bunch of the other people that would come in to do group rides and i was like oh this is really cool um so i you know i played on both and i you know in denver i had my road bike and then i tried to figure out how to make my road bike that was like super it's like a 95 bianchi it's like there's no space in the fork like all the things right. i took it to a bike shop and they're like well we can maybe get some 25s we're pushing it at 28 like you're on slicks but like good luck and i was like okay we'll figure it out so that was that and and i just started riding gravel so i'd meet up or i'd just go out to boulder and find some dirt roads and get after it on that road bike on that road bike i know I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think yeah. they have the sharp rocks up there that they yeah, have. Yeah, it's not yeah. the boulder gravel. The the gravel around there is pretty pretty tame, but still. Yeah. I mean, it's a rough ride. You feel it. You know that you're, you know, you're on dirt. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's definitely good fun. Really good fun. Do you have a gravel bike now? Oh yeah, I have a gravel bike now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a gravel bike now. Um, I actually ride uh, Salsa's Warbird, which is just a gorgeous bike. It's it's such an upgrade, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like, it it feels like you're in a, and I, I don't know, I've never been in a Ferrari, but I'm gonna go ahead and assume that I'm in a Ferrari. <laughs> it feels so. It's like, oh, it feels so wonderful. Yeah, and then um, I ride their Blackthorn, which is their. It's so good. I, you just like barrel through everything. I just like I fly. She just I just feel so fierce and so like powerful on that bike. That's their mountain bike. Yeah, 
Nice. Yeah. Um, so you did you did some mountain bike events and now you're gonna do some gravel bike events this year. Is that correct? Am I remembering that? So mountain biking, I've just met up with a bunch of friends and I've been doing it that way. I'm not I haven't done any sort of racing. This will be my first like proper season racing aside from doing um, America's Most Beautiful Ride. And um, I've just loved the, I come from a race background. I was racing, I, I did a lot of running and I ran a ton of half marathons back when I was living in the city. So I've been itching for that. So when I first moved to Colorado, I was hoping I'd be able to do some cycle cross and because of some health issues, I wasn't able to really get a, you know, start a season and then COVID, that was at 19 and then, COVID happened. So I just kept on writing wherever I could locally until things kind of opened up. And I've met through social media channels and just the community. Um, I've met some just awesome humans. And then I started mountain biking over the summer. Um, and my co-leader, Brooke, um, she was like super, she was just amazing. She was like, hey, just come out. We're going to do a couple clinics. We'll like really show you how to get after it. And it was just like things clicked. And then I was like, going out on a mountain bike like every weekend um I, I mean shortly after I was like out in Crested Butte and it's just like I went from zero to 100 I mean like Crested Butte was like my fourth ride you know like I was just getting after it and I went to out to Waterton Canyon and I met some dudes on the um on the trail and I was like look I don't know this trail but and I don't have service out here so if it all hits the fan I'm kind of screwed so do you mind if I like follow your line like can you just be far away enough where if I need to scream, like, you know, you can come back and get me. And they were super awesome about it. So, I mean, for me, I've been really fortunate that I've had the experience where I've been able to go to these places and, you know, just start conversations with other people. And, and more specifically in the mountain bike uh, space and in the dirt space, they've just been super welcome. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. They're kind of like, you do your thing, I do mine. Or they're like super chatty with me. I'm like, you kind of just like, give them the space to be in that space too. Um, so it's been nice. I, I, I'm excited about it and I feel really fortunate to be um, in the space now where I can share my joy and my excitement and also just be like, hey, I haven't been doing this for 10 years. It's, it's a really, um, it's a lot has happened in a short amount of time and I want everyone else to be able to have that like joy, even if it's for a little bit, like you can still do this. Like this opportunity still exists for you too and not um, feel like you can't be a part of it. Well, you, you mentioned Brooke and your co-leader, and mm -hmm. that's uh, I met both of you through um, Black Girls Do Bike, the Denver chapter. Uh-huh. Talk about that a little bit, because that's exciting. Uh, yeah, so Black Girls Do Bike. Um, so our mission is to, we, we take, we've taken on the task to grow um, our chapter, and whether you're participating for, for fun, for fitness, for freedom, for sport, we want to engage everyone and create a space where you can show up however that looks like for you. So if you're coming in with a $30 bike that you bought at Walmart, or if you're coming in with the most kitted bike and all the things like, regardless of what it looks, what, what that looks like, you can come here and just hang out and make some friends. Um, and, I, um, and I'm really excited to be a part of them. They're they're just incredible women to be working with. They're super inspiring separately. Um, they're both doing, and Stephanie, um, who is the founder, she's also just, she's the first black woman to do Transamerica. Um, uh, I, yeah, they're just incredible women. And I get to be a part of what this community is about, which is getting other people involved and excited about the love that we have for bikes. 
that's, I think that's going to be so, I, it's just fun. Like I was on checking out your website. It's just, it looks great. Yeah. I mean, there's so many disciplines and in addition to disciplines, like, I, I mean, at least for me, cycling has really been, there's moments when it's really cathartic and just being out on the road by myself and kind of just having that moment to be like, wow, I'm out here. And this is like, you, sometimes I'm left without words and I like, I'm excited and like, that's what I, like, that's the joy that comes for me where I'm just like, how do I, how do I give that? How do I give words to that and get other people to be excited about it and not feel like you have to be, you know, the fastest person in the group. Like, you know, a a big part of our, as we're starting to build up our group rides again is we are as fast as the slowest person in our group. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about, you know, leaving people behind and then like just communicate and have like a ride buddy. And if, you know, if, you fall behind on a climb, like, that's okay. We're going to wait for you at the top. Like we get better. Like the idea of, um, to get, if you want to go far, we have to do it. Like you, if you want to go fast, you go alone, but if you want to go far, you got to do it together. And that's, I, I know that because that was my experience with team training. And that's a lot of what I continue and hope to be bringing into, um, this group, especially here on the front range. It's like a, it's like a, it's Disneyland for bikes. That is a good description. Yeah. 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 I, I had so many of those same themes with team and training. It's so interesting because they're, they're just phenomenal at that. Um, bringing people in and bringing them along. Yeah. In the process, And you don't realize that that doesn't come natural to people. Like it's something that you have to be really, um, like purposeful on, uh, right. You know, and like I was leading, I led a, a gravel ride for beginners and I would only do it once a month because it is like, it's a ton of work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Gravel ride. And you don't get your quote unquote workout in, um, right? But, but it's so rewarding to see people that are like, they would have never come. Right. And that's, yeah, absolutely. And that's a, and that's a big part of it. And you like, they come, they're excited, then they bring their friend and now you just like, everything grows and you're just like, wow, you're a part of this, this, this space where people are excited and, and they're, they're showing, sharing that joy. And as we continue, I think that's, I think that's what we all need right now, especially with how crazy the world is. The shutdown, I think it's just an opportunity for us to revisit the excitement and like get curious about like what made us excited as kids again you know and do that as adults and not lose that because we get wrapped up in the nine to fives and the work and the the responsibilities that we have as adults and I think the the joy in bikes is that we get to be I don't know at least for me it feels like being a kid um and disconnecting from that like nine to five and the responsibilities of being an adult well, and I think that that you know the COVID creativity that has come out of it has also yeah. built, has helped us build community because we're not so focused on the the race aspect of it, right? Like a year to really be creative with it and right and, and build new communities. You know, it came at it just I don't know. I don't want to. I'm not thankful for COVID. So I don't, there are things that we can for, but but it's, you know, the opportunities that it's provided and it's, I think we've done a fairly good job of trying to take advantage of those in the cycling community and yeah, where we are and and how we want to move forward and, and making, making the community bigger and better and stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And then just celebrate the small wins. I think we forget about the small wins and, and that's been something that for me, I've, I've really like tried to check in on like the small wins, the small wins are doing, the small wins are gonna build up to these big wins. And um, that's what keeps you connected to everybody else. It's the small wins. 
you're comfortable with that, I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit, um, just specifically like on black girls, Dubai, and I know you're also an outright investor, like, uh, for people of color, like what are some of the barriers and what are, what are some of the ways that you're helping uniquely overcome those within those, those groups? Um, there's the barriers are, you know, for one it's cost. you know, um, I think it's also exposure and I, I'll start with exposure. Um, because I think a lot, I know a lot of times the bicycles are seen as a, a means of transportation, or at least that was my understanding of it. It was never, not until I became an adult that I understand that people were riding bikes for sport. Um, so I would say that's a big, um, a barrier. And when it's not something that you are familiar with, you're not gonna necessarily seek it out. Like the, the way that I like to um, put words to it is, if I've never had an ice cream cone, you're never gonna dream about an ice cream cone. So you can't dream about the things that come with bikes and these activities if you've never been exposed to it. So it's creating the exposure there. Then there's the element of the cost. Um, you know, getting into the sport is an expense. And if you don't have the capabilities or, you know, you, you, regardless whether you're spending a few thousand or a few hundred bucks, if you don't have a few hundred bucks, the likelihood is that you're not going to be able to get on that bike. Um, so that's um, a big part of it. And then just getting started. Um, how do I start? How do I get there? Um, getting a bike, you have to figure out how to fix a flat. Like if your derailleur goes, is my chain working? Do I need to, like, those are things that you're not necessarily, so, and sometimes a lot of times also it's just the stuff that you're wearing. Like I didn't know for, oh, little bit that you don't wear knickers underneath your your bibs you know so it's just like simple things like that where you're just like oh my god my ass is on fire and it's because you're wearing underwear and you're not <laughs> supposed to wear underwear you know so it's like all oh, those things are just like the things that we're not like talking about um so i feel like that's just like a handful of the things that uh make it challenging to get in, into the sport and the barriers that we face and with black girls and what we're doing is trying to get that education have that conversation of like you don't you know how what you what you want to wear to be comfortable and if it even works for you right it doesn't matter so much the brand it's like what feels comfortable being on the bike um creating the experience of like there are these different disciplines in cycling here each one of them and what feels good to you do you like getting the under and like bombing down a hill or do you kind of just want a smooth ride um on the road and what are things to be um, mindful of when you're riding on the road versus when you're riding on dirt um and then just creating more conversations around doing it safely. Um, because a lot of times it's like, well, where can you do it safely? And the communities that we're doing it safely, is there infrastructure? Um, are we doing like all those things? So I would say it's a, a lot of, a lot of, a little bit of all of that. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, some of why I ask is like, actually, Christina had this conversation a few days ago. We did another podcast recording. I was like, do you remember that woman that was like, we don't, I sent an email out and talking about inclusion and in cycling. And she was like, we're already inclusive. Like you're making it exclusive by saying that we need to be inclusive. And I was like, I don't think that's true. Um, so anyway, um, I think like, you know, when we talk about inclusion, like there's a lot of barriers, right? Sometimes to that, that we don't even think about. Cause we'd think, well, I just welcome everybody to my bike ride. Right. Think about the barriers that keep people from showing up in the first place. Right. And I think, I mean, you kind of just get lost in your, your little, I think in a general sense, we get lost in the little bubble and it's like, why, um, 
it's not happening because you're also not extending a hand. Sometimes you got to just like look outside and not just get focused on what's right in front of you. Um, so that's what we're hoping to do. We're trying to like extend our hands in whatever reach that we can and just have the conversation of like show up. Um, Black Girl Student Bikes is a specific. It, we want, we're, we're okay with other women showing up and the white women showing up into our space. It's not like you can only be here if you're black. That's not true. You know, um, it's just, it's just as out. Like, right. (laughs) Right. That's not, that's not the intention by any mean. Um, it's more of just like creating an opportunity for them to feel uh, feel safe. So like that they can go out and continue to share that joy. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that work also spills over into your uh, role as an Outride ambassador too, right? Tell us about that. Yeah. So Outride, uh, I I have uh, three nieces and a nephew that I adore. And every time I see them, like what lights me up is just their their happiness and their joy. And I and that's when I was really able to put um, words to my experience on the bike. I'm like, oh my God, what I see in my, in my nieces and my nephews is that ex- is what I feel when I'm on a bike and I understood it to be joy. So it was really important for me to like, I'm okay with the fact that I've learned that I've, I've had this experience in my, in my thirties on bikes, but I'm like, man, I wonder, I always wonder what it could have been had I known that experience as a kid. Um, so it got, it was really important for me to also be able to find a way to plant those seeds in kids um, and give them the opportunity to see bikes as a means of fun and not necessarily a means of transportation um, in specific communities. Um, And also just to make sure that children understand that their peers and who their leadership, that leadership and peers can all look, um, are everyone. It doesn't look a particular way so that as they become adults and they continue to be in these spaces, it's not, there's more similarity than there is differences. So that's my hope. And being a part of Outride, they believe that bicycles really do change people and they are creating opportunities so that kids have access to bikes and they have safe places to ride them. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be a part of how we continue to share that message. So as their ambassador, you know, we, um, so they have a few grant programs. They are in 200 schools, I believe at, the, at this point. And they're just trying to reach out to everyone and get kids on bikes and help them understand like having the opportunity to be outside and get on a bike, what that looks like as far as like coming back into the classroom, how focused are they? How do they present at home? And there's a lot of research that's going on uh, going on with pulling all that information together and um, giving voice to that, like how much of how important this experience is. And, and their grant program is currently open. Yes, they're current, they're, it is currently open. So if you know anyone and that can benefit from it, which I feel like is everyone, it's just a matter of like also extending that conversation and telling them, hey, this is happening, you know, how can we support you in that? I think like just I've gotten to know some of what Outride does and their whole Riding for Focus program and really addressing what's, you know, what's happening with youth in schools is, is pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. It's exciting to see the work being done there and, and um, the ambassadors that they're bringing on to help spread that word. Um, it's just, it's just fun to watch. It's, it's really, it's exciting for sure. And, uh, yeah. And it's really wonderful to be a part of it too. Um, 
because they've they've brought on so many different people from so many different spaces and so many different levels and it's um it's really nice to also it's hard being a kid you know like i don't remember like being in middle school and being like this is a breeze like there's so much you have to overcome and you're learning and unlearning and being and having a place and when i say place like being on the bike have that be the opportunity where you can pedal and just like disconnect from that a little bit and like just having a safe space. I think it's so important for kids. We're not, you know, they, they deserve that and they need that. Um, what, what age is, um, Outride focused on? Uh, sixth, sixth grade through eighth grade, I believe. Oh yeah. Middle school, that awful, yeah. awful time in your life. Yeah. Don't oh, quote me. I, I feel like I got, I'm getting that. No, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain it's sixth grade through eighth grade. Awesome. Cool. Well, you have another big initiative. You've got a lot going on. <laughs> I do have a lot going on. People. I've been doing this for three years. <laughs> so much going on. And forgive me, there's moments where I start talking. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And I'm trying to like, remember, uh, I just had a conversation with someone else and I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people that I'm like, I need to be thankful. Like I, I just want to celebrate. And, and it's, it's exactly that I'm doing so many things. This is not the Golden Globes. You don't have to thank them. Um, <laughs> but you were telling us before we started recording about the Ride for Justice. And I want to know. They're awesome. Oh, I mean, just everyone on there is just super awesome. And their mission is to, they actually are a nonprofit organization at this point. Um, and they want to ensure that there's resources, education, community for the Black indigenous and people of color as and dismantling the systemic racism um, that everyone feels so that everyone feels safe and free and empowered to ride bicycles. And I'm like, yeah, that's like what this is all about. We, we too like to ride bikes and it's fun. Um, and beyond fun, we just like, we like it for all the reasons um, that everyone else gets involved in it. So just creating, they're, they're creating a space for us to show up and it's really wonderful to be a part of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah they're just they're just I mean all the athletes like we we speak once a month and it's really great to see like how everybody's progressing and and you know what people are getting excited about and what the challenges that um, people um are also having I I was on a Zwift ride this morning with um one of the other athletes Casey Cross who is also just a wonderful human and we were just like chatting and riding and it's like an hour and a half in and I'm like oh my god I need to start my day I have like two big phone calls today. I got all, and it's just like being able to also, they're creating community, they're making connections. I, you know, I'm able to connect with people who are living in Arkansas or in California. And then just this, this virtual opportunity has been really, really nice to be able to um, just meet so many people and get excited about the things that we love. So do you have any um, events that you've got kind of on your calendar for 2021 or? Yeah, so many events. So my first uh, race is going to be uh, Desert Gravel. Um, some people know it as CO, CO2U2. So Colorado, so from Fruta out to Utah and back. Um, really excited to be heading out to Montana to do the last best ride in Whitefish. Um, super excited. I know, that's exciting. Um, I'm going to be doing Steamboat. Um I have another one. I I'm might be getting into my, I have my finger on big sugar. So hopefully that'll happen depending on how the, um, 
the season looks. Um, I really hope to get out to um, California and do Granduro as well. So those are the ones that are, are, are looming and kind of happening right now. And then I'll be doing a really big bike packing trip. So that's another thing I'm doing, a big bike packing trip in early August. So yeah, it's gonna be a busy couple months. <laughs> Wait, you're doing a, a big bike packing trip, then you're going to Steamboat and then you're going to last best Yeah, time? yeah. I thought our summer schedule is pretty <laughs> It's going to be pretty nutty. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of that now. And I feel like I'm just going to have to figure it out as it gets closer because there's just going to be so many things that are happening. It's like, I'm getting off, um, doing, um, I'm going to do the Colorado section of, um, the divide, um, tour divide. And then, I mean, so I'll definitely feel really good about you'll, you'll be ready for steam. Is this yeah. Lales ride? The one that she's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 uh, it wasn't we have a, a women's gravel cyclist group a private group you should totally join that there's four thousand women in that group and uh-huh. uh, they were just a bunch of them were talking about that oh brilliant yeah so it, it'll be that so i'll be coming off of that and i mean she's just she's wonderful i can't like i've chatted a bunch with her virtually and i'm really excited to be able to just like hang out with her and get to chat and yeah. and ride that's awesome yeah she was one of our early podcast guests because it's mm-hmm. also hard to get Lail very often. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I think that Christy went to happy hour. Oh, there she comes again. <laughs> it was like done. Podcast is over. I'm doing happy hour. Right, right. All the excitement. Happy Friday. You look like you called Becca on your phone, Christy. I did. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was like, she was like, I'm done. It's happy hour. <laughs> yeah. well maybe (laughs) right totally goodness (laughs) it's five o'clock somewhere guys five o'clock somewhere um oh um, no not yet (laughs) it is here i'm in atlanta it's five (laughs) o'clock well crystal we could probably ask talk to you all day your energy is so awesome Oh, thanks, Liz. Um, I can't wait to meet you at some of these events. We're going to have fun. Yes. Be prepared for the hug because I'm a hugger. I like come in and I come in like strong. So just, I mean, it's kind of, and it's like, it's it's also a challenge because I'm like, man, with COVID and like, I don't want to like be in your space, but I like, I don't know how to not hug people. So I'm trying to like learn how to do the ear hug and not be like, ah, so hopefully by that point, things will be better. Yeah. I've had COVID, so I'm not worried. They're saying <laughs> like eight months now. So I'm, I'm not worried. And I'm hoping to get the vaccine before the, the summer road trip as well. Um, <sighs> how can people find you? How, how do they follow you? So I am on Instagram. I just my name. My handle's my name. You can also, I'm also part of Black Girls Do Bike. So you can find the chapter Instagram, which is, um, I always mess this up. So I have to like look at it. Okay. BGBD Denver. Um, that's just our handle. We have a face group, a Facebook group. So you can reach us and check connect with us there. Um, always send me an email. I'm happy to always chat with people and in any, like whatever I can help, you know, if it's questions about being on the bike or how to get involved, or if you like need a connection to someone in a town, happy to like find a way to get people um, excited and involved in wherever their community is and um, see if there's also a chapter that they can get involved in, if that's something that they want to do, or if there's any, you know, any, any questions, sometimes it's just nice to be able to chat with another person who's kind of going through it and not, not be broadcast. So if you like, if, if I could be that person for you, like, yeah, just, 
reach out and send me a message and happy to chat. Yeah, you better be careful with that. We did what I know, <laughs> Amity. And all of a sudden she got lots and lots of messages. And the next thing you knew, she was starting her own group. So <laughs> that's yep. hilarious. Well, I'll have to like, uh, yes, I'm just give me, give, be patient with me as far as responding. Sometimes I, I, I get delayed with the, with work and all the other things, but I will do my best to make sure to communicate and give you the, uh, the response. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been so fun and we will see you. Colorado, maybe? Yeah, we'll see each other very, very soon. Thank you so much for having me for, you know, giving me the the chance to chat about the the other things that I'm a part of. It's, I think it's a, it's an honor to be able to share your story. So thank you for allowing me to share my story. Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. <laughs> I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, you know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days, four days of riding, 230 miles, 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's set up where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe that. (laughs) And you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, transrockiesgravelroyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.